Heavenly Father, God, we do need your help. God, we pray, Lord, that tonight, Lord, we would be filled with your spirit, Lord. I ask that you fill me with your spirit, Lord, as I try to instruct from your word. But, Lord, I ask you to help these young people to be filled with your spirit, Lord. Our hearts to be clean, Lord, and open to receive something from you. Lord, I ask that you please help us as we study this passion in 2 Timothy. Lord, I know that it directly relates to right where we live. So, Lord, I ask you to help us, Lord, your Holy Spirit to do a work that I cannot. We love you. We need your help. And we thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, we stopped at verse number 4, I mean verse number 5. But for our study day, and since it's been like, what, two weeks since we had youth group, you guys have slept like, what, 14 times if you don't take naps since then. So I figured we could go back through verse 4 and review it again. So we're going to go 2 Timothy 2, verse number 4. We're going to go down to verse number 7. So we're going to do the four verses today that we're going to study tonight. It says this. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that labors must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give the understanding in all things. Let's go back and just so we know what we're dealing with here. Who's the writer of our book? You guys have... Definitely oh. Thank you. Paul, who's it written to? Timothy. Where is Timothy other than on his couch? Ephesus. All right. Yes, he's in Ephesus. What is, well, let's, let's go really, let's go really hard. Move this up to junior church style hard. Who was the one person that Paul said he continually met my needs? You remember that guy's name? What is it? Onesiphorus, yes, 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 good, good, bro, good. Way to pay, way to pay attention, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't go back to the Hebrew like you guys did. All right, so as we go to 2 Timothy chapter number 2, where is Paul? He's in jail in Rome, so thank you for paying attention. Yes, Timothy's in Ephesus. All right, tune back in. Timothy was in Ephesus, Paul is in Rome, and... He is about to die. He's writing his last letter to 2 Timothy. So this is where he's coming to. In 2 Timothy chapter number 2, we talked about it. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, he told Timothy, hey, I remember how you grew up and all the things there. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he's narrowed in. Timothy, I've got some things that you've got to know because we've got to get serious about it. This week, I watched a documentary called Beware of Christian. I saw saw it on Netflix in the... the, um, and recommended for me, and I was like, I read the, the description, it talked about it was like four guys go on a search to find out what real Christianity is. And so I thought, you know what, I'll put it, put it in my queue, sometime I'll watch it, and this week I watched Beware of Christians. I would recommend it, other than the fact that they do a lot of dumb stuff, because they're dumb college kids, so what they, all they do is sometimes the, the material is good, but they have like whole 5, 10, 15 minute scenes of them doing something dumb like slapping each other in the back and seeing if they can leave handprints and stuff. And other than that, I mean, if you, if you can kind of like fast forward through those parts, I would recommend it. But one of the key things that stuck, into my, stuck in my mind as I watched the documentary, one of the guys said this. He said, you know what I've learned? He said, I always thought I was, he was like, I know I'm a Christian, but I found out on this trip was I really following Jesus. And that stuck out to me because they go out and they, they started with nothing. They go over to Europe and they go and just talk to people and ask them what they believe about Jesus. 
And they ask them, hey, do you go to church? And they ask them about, do they have Christian friends? And what do their Christian friends do? They would ask, they would ask people, a couple of people in Europe, they're like, do you have Christian friends? They're like, yeah, we have Christian friends. What would be the difference between your Christian friends and you? And people are like, well, nothing, nothing. Like, do they dress differently? Do they talk differently? No, nah, nah, they're cool people. And we've come to the point, like these four guys that went on this trip came back to thinking, they're like, we are Christians in name, but we do not really follow Jesus. We're not exactly doing what Jesus Christ would do. And as we go to 2 Timothy chapter number 2 in verse 4 through 7, it is just like Paul is looking at us, living the time we live now, where our Christianity consists of coming to church. Our sold out to God it may mean we give 10%. And Paul comes to Timothy and he says, hey, we got to get serious about some things. He gives us three examples. He gives the first example of a soldier. No man that war entangles himself with the affairs of this life, but he would please him to call them to be a soldier. He gives a second one. No man that strives for the mastery says there's an athlete. And the third one, he says there's a husbandman who plants his food. He plants his fruit. So as we go through 2 Timothy, we're going to look at these, and we're going to, our, whole, our whole goal in 2 Timothy, the study of 2 Timothy, is one word. Continue. Continue, and now in the things which I have learned, and as I've every single verse in 2 Timothy almost points to that goal. And today as we talk about continue, this is what I want you to get in your mind. There are no shortcuts. Paul's telling Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 through 7, there are no shortcuts to the Christian life. We all would love to be Apostle Paul. I would. But if you're perfectly honest, I don't want to go through the things Apostle Paul went through. I want to be Apostle Paul, but I don't really want to be shipwrecked. I want to be Apostle Paul, but I, I really don't want to get bit by a snake. I want to be a Moses. But you know what? I really don't want to wander 40 years in the wilderness and listen to complaining people. We all want to be great things. I would imagine that if you're sitting in this room now, some of you may have different things, and maybe there's some things in your life that you haven't got right, but I would hopefully say the, the goal of our youth group, for the most part, is to serve God. But when we look at it, with, amidst our current way, if we look at Christianity, we try shortcuts so many times. If I can do this, I don't have to do this to be a good Christian. People say it all the time. Well, just because I do this doesn't make me a bad Christian. No, but does it make you a good Christian? And see, what Paul talks about in 2 Timothy 2 is there are no shortcuts in this, Timothy. We go through. Let's look at it. Number one, Paul's challenge to Timothy. Stay focused. Stay focused. 2 Timothy 2, 4. No man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. The word entangleth means to entwine, E-N-T-W-I-N-E, E-N-T-W-I-N-E, to entwine, to get tangled up in. No man that warreth, that fights in this battle, gets himself tangled up in the affairs, the word affairs is transactions, the business, that he may please, the word lift up, to satisfy. Do you guys know anybody who likes to get involved 
and as we would coin the term drama. They, they just kind of like to jump into it. Like they hear somebody talking and they think, oh man, I got to jump in on this. They got to walk over to hear it. And maybe you're one of those people. I'm sorry for you if you are, but maybe you are one of those people that just kind of like to jump into the drama. Paul's telling Timothy, Timothy, you are a soldier. And what happens a lot of times to soldiers, we get intertwined in the drama of this world. I'll give you an illustration. The Navy SEALs that took out Osama bin Laden. When they go in Osama bin Laden's compound, and I did a couple searches just to look at what Osama bin Laden's compound looked like and everything like that. When they go into Osama bin Laden's compound, can you imagine the Navy SEALs going in as we would as Christian soldiers? We're saying we're, we're soldiers in the war for Christ and the way we act. Can you imagine the Navy SEALs acting like most Christians in the warfare, spiritual warfare? They walk in, whoa, that's a nice TV. Man, where did they get a TV like that? Man, who's that in that picture? That's a hot chick right there. Uh, this is, uh, and can, you, uh, can, you, can you imagine them going through Osama bin Laden, trying to take out Osama bin Laden, and being entangled with all the affairs of this life? Now, is there anything wrong with looking at a TV and saying, well, it's a nice TV? No. But you know what? Those guys went into Osama bin Laden's compound with one mission. Take out Osama bin Laden. Anything else, we don't need. Can you imagine running in? Oh, man. I forgot to take my shirt out of the cleaners. It's still back at home, and I got I to go back and get my shirt out of the cleaners. And you know why? Because no man that warreth intertwines himself and tangles himself with the affairs of this life. Can you imagine a soldier trying to go out in Afghanistan and fighting the Taliban, but worrying about getting his uniform dirty? Man, it took me two hours to iron this thing. I can't get down and get dirty. Man, you guys will go ahead. I'll stand up here on the top of this building. And it would be dumb to say that as a soldier. But see, this is what happens. We call ourselves Christians. And to some of us, the only reason we're Christians is because we prayed a prayer because we did not want to go to hell. But we have not understood that when I gave my life to Christ as a Christian, I give all to him and give it, God, here's my life. See, because this is what being a soldier is. No man that warth entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him, lift up, the one who chose him to be a soldier. See, my goal, my one mission in life is to lift up Christ. See, Christianity is not just that I prayed a prayer and so now I'm not going to hell. It is I prayed a prayer to ask God to take all of my life and to use it. And see, what we have is Paul's telling Timothy, as Paul is about to die, Paul's not telling him because he doesn't know it. Paul's not writing a nice little letter saying, you know what, Timothy? You may experience persecution. Things may get bad. No, this is Paul about to die saying, Timothy, hey, I know my goal was Jesus Christ. So you know what? I didn't get caught up in the affairs of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. I didn't get caught up in the things that I wanted to do, Timothy. I desired to serve God. Says Timothy, 
Stay focused on the mission. You know why we have young people that make dumb decisions? And I'm just going to be honest with you, and I know that I made dumb decisions when I was a young person. Still, I'm a young person, still making dumb decisions. But you know that the one reason, main reason why we make those dumb, take, make those dumb decisions is because we lose focus of where we ought to be. See, purity would not be an issue if I stayed focused on the goal to lift up he who chose me to be a soldier. See, music wouldn't be an issue if I was willing to look to the one who chose me to be a soldier. See, no man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Colossians 3, 1 says this, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. And it is so hard in our culture because we are materialistic. We work hard and we play hard to do all the things that we want in our lives. And we miss the goal. We miss the goal. Just as if the Navy SEALs are going, just like I said, the Navy SEALs going in, into Osama bin Laden's house to take out one goal. Hey, nothing else matters. And you know what it should be? It should not be that there's one or two people who are deciding to live their life for God and say that God is my goal. It shouldn't be that. See, Paul's telling Timothy there are no shortcuts. See, it should be every single Christian's desire to lift up the one who called him to be a soldier. And you know, just for a side, what God got when he asked us to be a soldier? Can you think of it? It's almost like Gideon. When the angel Gideon's hiding, trying to get a meal together. And the angel says, Gideon, thou mighty mighty man of valor. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm not a mighty man of valor. I'm hiding. That's what God got when he got us. And we think sometimes that God has it because God needs me to be a soldier. Well, you know what? I've got to help out God. I'm going to jump in God's service because God needs workers. No, you know what? To please lift up the one that called me a soldier. He chose me to be a soldier. See, God Almighty chose Aaron Burden to be a soldier in his army and that office over there and to come in here and try to do a job for him. It is not because, well, God needed a youth pastor, so I jumped in. It was that God chose me. And I was nothing. I was worthless. So all I should be able to do is lift him up. And see, this is where we've lost it. Paul's telling Timothy, hey, Timothy, (laughs) you were raised right. I remember the faith in you that was in your grandmother and in your mother, and now I know this in you. And in chapter 2, he's saying, hey, Timothy, it's time to get serious. See, the things, Timothy, that you're worried about, you're entangled with, the things that you care about, that you think are so important. He says, man, no man that worth, that fighteth a battle, They don't get caught up in that kind of stuff. They don't get caught up in that kind of drama because they just want to lift up the person who's called them to be a soldier. So he says, number one, he says, focus, stay focused. Number two, he says, submit to the rules. Submit to the rules. 
2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. But if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except that he strive lawfully. Submit to the rules. The word strive means to contend in competitive games, to exert vigorously, to try hard. Is your blank. To try hard. Its crown is to be adorned with an honorary wreath, like a medal. And lawfully is legitimately according to the rules. Lawfully is legitimately, legitimately according to the rules. Now, I didn't give you the last one, but I'll give you this one. An athlete cannot claim the winner's prize unless he submits and abides by the rules. Your last one for the first one was chosen to be a soldier. I think you should have hopefully gotten that. But an athlete cannot claim the winner's prize unless he submits and abides by the rules. He says, all right, Timothy, no shortcuts. Number one, I need you to stay focused. If one of you can close that door, that would be awesome. Um, he said, number one, I want you to stay focused. Number two, I want you to submit to the rules. He says this in verse number five. And if a man also strive for mastery, yet he's not crowned except he strive lawfully. Here's what he's saying. Timothy, number one, if you're a soldier, you've got to stay focused. Number two, there is no athlete that can expect to win a prize if he doesn't do it according to the rules. I looked it up to see how many Olympic medal winners, gold medal winners, have had their gold medals stripped away because they did not, as the Bible would call it, strive lawfully. They did not abide by the rules. And there's a whole list of people. Marion Jones, runner, five gold medals, lost them all because she was taking performance-enhancing drugs. And so now she looks at it, and the world looks on and says, wow, she did such a great job. She was such a fast athlete. But you know what? It all got stripped away because she didn't run lawfully. She didn't do it according to the rules. And so Paul says, number one, Timothy, as a soldier, you need to stay focused. But see, as an athlete, you would have to submit to the rules. Let me give you an illustration. Anybody know who Uzzah is in the Bible? You know who Uzzah is? David brings back the Ark of the Covenant. David is excited to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. David doesn't do it in the way God's told him to. David thinks he's doing well. He puts the Ark and Covenant on a new cart. Man, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do this right. And they march with the Ark of the Covenant, and they're going down, and the Bible says everyone's having a good time. David's dancing before the Lord, not some sensual crazy dance of the day, but dancing for the Lord. They're having a good time. The Bible says the cart, now you may know the story, hits a bump. And if you know Uzzah, Uzzah puts out his hand to stop the Ark of the Covenant from falling off. Uzzah touches it. God kills him. You say, what in the world? Why in the world would God kill a man? He was just trying to touch the Ark of the Covenant to keep him from falling off. He didn't do it the way God said. But that's no reason to kill him. God said, hey, this is not how you do it. Even though everybody was so sincere about it. Hey, we built a brand new cart to move this. Man, we had a whole celebration that God was coming back to Jerusalem. But Uzzah dies. 
Because if they had read their Bibles, had read the word of God, they would have known that is not how you move the Ark of the Covenant. See, this is what happens in our Christian lives. Because God is no longer in the smiting people down business, as we would say, because most of us know in here that right now I could go on and turn the television on and watch something that is inappropriate against God, I do not sit on my couch quivering that God's going to kill me because we live in the time of grace. But somehow we translate that, as Paul says, as a license to sin. We take that and say, you know what? I don't have to. I can. And we do. We participate in everything that's against God. Now, Paul says this, Timothy. Hey, there are no shortcuts. See, the person that's going to strive, that's going to work hard to win, they will not win unless they do it by the rules. If I was to run the crim, <laughs> you didn't have to laugh. It wasn't a joke. <laughs> if I were to run the crim and I took off, they shot the gun, and I came through, and being in my out of shapeness, I run around, like, oh, man, I can just, I can cut through this person's yard. And I, <laughs> somebody's already thought of this, man. <laughs> I, I run through this person's yard and just say, I do it. And I cut through and like, oh, man, tired, I'm going to shoot this way. And I, I take a whole bunch of shortcuts that are way off the track. You know what, but since I'm out of shape, I'm still sweating, pouring out sweat. And I'm running through yards, everything else. And I come through and I go out. And I start back on the track, and I come around the finish line, and sweat's running down my face. I'm tired. I may not run the whole thing, but I ran a, a couple feet, and I'm tired. <laughs> and, I, and, I can't, and I get to the finish line, and I run across, sweat pouring down my face. Oh, man, hand me some water. Oh, man, I'm so tired. Yes. Look, I just completed the crim. Hey, man, would you please get out of the way? What are you talking about? I just ran that whole way. So would you please get out of the way? That real runners are going to be coming through here? <laughs> no, what are you talking about? Look, I'm sweating. Look, I'm tired. I ran a long way to get here. But you didn't abide by any of the rules. <laughs> the rules say you have to run in this way. And see, this is where we are in our Christianity. Because we do a couple good things, but yet we do not submit to what God has called us to do, some of us expect to get to heaven one day. And because you went to church, because you cracked your Bible open every now and then, because when a family member needed prayer, you prayed, you kind of expect to run into heaven. God, it was a tough Christian life. I had friends actually make fun of me. God, I actually prayed like two, one time in a week, one. God, I actually tried to read my Bible. And we expect that God's going to come out with some big trophy. Oh, man, I thank you for your service to me. Thanks for being faithful in church. Thanks for thinking about reading your Bible. Thanks for thinking about telling other people about Jesus Christ. I appreciate all you did. No, 
Because, see, no man that's striving for the mastery, he doesn't get the crown unless he strives, he competes in the way that it's already been told that he ought to, in the rules. See here, young people? This right here is not a suggestion on how you ought to live your life. See, it's not just, these are good sayings. Well, it would be good if I didn't let corrupt communication come forth out of, proceed forth out of my mouth. That would be a good thing. I'd probably be liked by more people. It would probably be a good thing if I didn't do that. No, it is a command of God. It is not. Uh, well, God says, you know what? If you get time to pray, why don't you pray? And I'd appreciate it. God says, pray without ceasing. Let nothing, I mean, uh, and can't, verses just float, flip right out of my mind. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made unto to God. See, no man that strives for the masteries, you can't expect to win a crown. You can't expect to do anything because you did your own way. You talk to unsaved people all the time. Hey, how do you know you're going to go to heaven? Well, can you tell me a reason? Well, <laughs> I think that I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person and because of all those things. Oh, okay, those are pretty good. Let me ask you, where do you get that? Well, I just kind of put my own stuff together. I kind of think a little about it, and this is what I kind of come up with. <laughs> well, I appreciate your deep thinking. <laughs> appreciate you coming up with something. But just because you thought of it in your head doesn't mean anything. You know what? That person is still going to die in Burn in hell. And if they stand up in front of God and God says, hey, why should I let you in heaven? Well, because blah, 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 I've done this and this. Well, where'd you get that from? Well, I thought it up. It made good sense in my mind. And we would look at the unsaved person and us as Christians would say, come on, everybody knows. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by me. But see, some of us will stand before God one day and we'll think, God, oh, I deserve so much. God, I've done so many things for you. And God says, where'd you come up with those things? Well, I was just thinking in my mind. You know what? I never did anything really bad. I, I was trying to listen to my parents. I didn't do anything really bad. God says, hey, there's a whole bunch of things that I wrote in the word of God that you thought were just suggestions. Hey, <laughs> if you're going to strive for the mastery, you've got to do it by the rules. He says, number one, stay focused. Number two, submit to the rules. Number three, so faithfully. So faithfully. I gave hint to it earlier, but does anybody know what a husbandman is? Husbandman. A man that's a husband? A farmer. Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead and write down a farmer. Because husbandman, as a man that is a husband, would not fit well in that passage. The man that is a husband that laboreth must be first particular of the fruits. We won't even go there. Uh, <laughs> number one, a husband is a farmerman. A farmerman. <laughs> a farmer. <laughs> a husbandman is a farmer. Yes. A laborer does work hard. Be, be wearied. And he must be, he should, ought, should. First, foremost. So, farmer, not farmer man, and should. 1 Corinthians 9, 7 says this, Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not the, of the fruit thereof? Here, we'll go ahead and do this last. Like a farmer cannot expect to reap a field that he has not worked in. 
But if a farmer is faithful, it is understood that he should be first to enjoy the results of his work. Verse number six, the husband that laboreth, the farmer that laboreth, must be first partaker of the fruits. He says, number one, stay focused. Number two, he said to submit to the rules. Number three, he says, so faithfully. I know this is going to be a brand new truth for you guys today that you've never heard this before. But a farmer does not walk out into a field filled with weeds, take out a few corn, toss them out in the field, walk away, and expect to come back and have this great corn harvest. I know that's a deep truth, but I'm just letting you know that that's not what happens. Maybe not for us because we're not farmers and we've seen it, though, that they have to go out and plow the fields. They have to do work. As the Bible said, Adam had to work by the sweat of his brow. It takes work. And then it takes time. He doesn't go out day one and say, oh, man, my corn hasn't grown. I give up on this farming thing. It takes time. And after that time, the crop starts to come up. He has to keep everything from getting into it, keep the animals out of it. And then he has to come back and harvest it. You know what? All that takes work, and it takes faithfulness. Paul is telling Timothy this. Number one, God's called you to be a soldier. So stay focused on the mission that God's given you. He said, hey, God's called you almost as an athlete. That if you're going to expect to win something, you better submit to the rules. And lastly, he says, hey, if you're going to liken it to being a farmer, you're going to have to be faithful. Guys, let me ask you. Are you simply faithful to what God wants you to do? The reason I like Enoch, Enoch is one of my favorite Bible characters. There's only just a couple, probably five or six verses in the Bible about Enoch. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says this. Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. You know what? We don't read in the Bible of any miracles that Enoch did. Enoch never walked on water, never raised anybody from the dead. But as we talk about in junior church, Enoch makes into the hall of faith just for having a testimony that he pleased God. He's faithful. Let me ask you. Are you just simply faithful in doing what God has called you to do? Now, this is, this is serious, so tune in. When we look at being faithful to what God has called me to do, can I be faithful in the little things? Multiple times during missions conference, the, it was said, God will never call you to do anything great if he cannot trust you in the small things. It was said by Brother Calvert and by multiple of the missionaries. Brother Moore said, you know what? He said, when I first got saved, he said he worked with the children. And he said if he was faithful working with the children, God gave him an adult class. He was faithful in that. He said God made him a deacon. And then God called him to be a missionary. And he went through and talked about the steps that he took. You know what? As much as I want to be an Apostle Paul, man, forget it, as much as I would want to be a Pastor Scott, you know what it takes? takes being faithful. See, what happens when the farmer goes out and he starts and he sees a field that needs to be plowed? He goes out there and he works. And you know what? That's not the end of his work. 
Because see, he still has to come back and plant. And he comes back and he plants that crop. And then he has to come back and keep stuff off. And then he has to come back and harvest it. When he finished, first finished the prime in the field, the work was not done. It took faithfulness. See, going home tonight and opening your Bible tonight or tomorrow morning and reading your Bible will not make you a great hero of the faith. But doing tomorrow and doing it the next day and doing it the next day and doing the next day until the day you stand before God, that will make you a good Christian. See, coming, going home from camp or wherever and hearing a great message on how you ought to live as a Christian doesn't do anything if all you do is pray one night before you go to bed. But see, what makes you a Christian, a great Christian, is that you do it over and over and over and over again. You're faithful. See, sometimes we really do get caught up in the deep technical things of Christianity. Well, Pastor Burden, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about just being faithful in what God's called us to do? What about me, Aaron Burden, learning to be faithful, as Brother Calvert said, in passing out a track? But, see, I, I want to be a great youth pastor. See, I really want to try hard and do great things in this youth group. Then, Aaron Burden, why don't you just be faithful in reading your Bible? See, Paul said, hey, Timothy, it's really time to get serious about this. Stay focused, Timothy. See, no man that wars is in the middle of the battle. He does not think about everything else going on. He's on one mission to lift up the person who's chosen to be a soldier. And see, God's called us. If you say you're a Christian, you say that there has been a time, moment in time in your life that you've asked Jesus Christ in your heart, then you are a soldier in spiritual warfare in God's army, and you cannot be entangled with everything that happens in this life. He says, hey, if you're going to make it, you need to submit to the rules. God's put some things there. He says, hey, if you're going to want a reward, you're going to have to strive lawfully. You're going to have to get this book and find out what God says and then live that way. He says, hey, you're going to have to sow faithfully. You're going to do it day in and day out. Oh, I read my Bible yesterday. Well, I'm going to do it again today. And over and over and over again. And he finishes with this, and we're done. Verse number 7. He says this, Consider what I say, and the Lord give the understanding in all things. Consider means to think, to understand. Consider, he says, Timothy, stop and think. Understanding is the middle, putting together. Timothy, pause for a moment and think about those truths. Your last blank is think. He says, Timothy, what I just told you, he said, I tried to break it down and make it simple. We oftentimes say the Bible is a hard book. Timothy, Paul broke it down and made it simple. Hey, Timothy, the life is like a soldier. It's like an athlete. It's like a farmer. You've got to live a certain way. So let's be faithful and do what God calls us to do. Because here's where it starts, guys. And this is what Paul's telling Timothy. Tune in. I'm not done for just one second. Paul said in order for us to make it, Timothy, to have the real Christianity that we need, you need to stop and think, Timothy. Think about your life. And this is what oftentimes our generation has a problem with. We don't like to stop and think. That's why we wear headphones. That's why we turn on the television. Whenever it's quiet, it bothers us. Because, hey, right now I don't really want to stop and think. And Timothy's 
Paul's telling Timothy, hey, I'm about to die. Like Nero's about to decapitate me. I'm writing to tell you it's time to get serious, Timothy, about some things. And you know what? Sometimes because we in America aren't persecuted, no one's about to chop our heads off, nobody's getting thrown in jail for living the Christian life. We think that the Christian life is just something we just go through. I just go to church. That means I'm a Christian. Paul says, hey, it's time to get serious, Timothy. Stop and think about these things. Consider them, and may the Lord help you understand. Let's pray. Dearly Father, God, I ask that you'd please help us to understand the importance, Lord, of what you're trying to tell us in your word. God, I know that, Lord, for some of us, God, we are dealing with things in our lives. God, we've got serious things, and Lord, that we only can have your help. And Lord, we acknowledge, Lord, the seriousness of what it means to be a Christian. But God, I ask that you'd help every young person in here tonight to know, Lord, that if they've asked Jesus Christ to come to their heart, God, it was not just a ticket for them not to go to hell, but God, it was a lifetime of giving our lives to him. Lord, I ask that you'd help me in my life, for Lord, to be a soldier who's on my only goal, God, is to lift you up. Lord, if that means I have to give up things, if that means I don't do things, if that means I get made fun of, God, I want to try and be Lord, a soldier. Lord, I want to be the athlete that you talked about. God, I want to be a farmer and be faithful. Lord, I ask that you'd help each and every one of these young people to understand, Lord, just to stop and consider, God. And I ask that just as Paul said, that the Lord would help their understanding, Lord, of what they, things are going on in their lives. Lord, we love you. We so badly need your help. God, work in our hearts. Your words and all you can. In Jesus' name, amen.